Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. Once again, it's always appreciated. Appreciate those who listen to my rantings and ravings and ramblings, you know, appreciate it. Pretty uneventful week, Madhouse and K. And I know, surprising, <clears throat> given you know how insane the past few months have been for thyself. But no, pretty uneventful, pretty chill, the Madhouse and K. Just continuing to prepare for Christmas. You know, we did it now. All the decorations and stuff are up. You got to get the presents ordered. You know. As I mentioned, we tend to get a lot of the kids' stuff throughout the year. So we're sitting there. We just need one thing for the seven-year-old. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) A few things for each other, the wife and I, that we have to... I actually just got some stuff ordered today. I got to get on it late this year. That's right. It'll be here in time. Don't worry. I'm on that shit. Guaranteed. Guaranteed that. Sorry, that was my, 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 my splash, my, my flavored water. I don't know what the hell. <sighs> Drink it weird. Anyway, okay. We're already getting derailed. But hey, Christmas, you know, it's the normal shit. Got to take care of the gifts, all of that stuff. Meanwhile, the boys are finally really getting into Star Wars. You know, when the seven-year-old, when Draven was younger, he loved The Force Awakens, loved Kylo Ren, BB-8, but I couldn't get him to anything, get him into anything else Star Wars. Nothing. It was just always kind of there. Like he dug Force Awakens, but it was kind of like, eh, and Star Wars. But now, really getting into it. Tells me a few days ago, he wants the Star Wars ATAT Walker. Yes, that's right. But not the Lego kind. That's already a couple hundred bucks. No, he wants like the regular original toy. You can't just go and get those. You have to find them. And they are on places like Amazon and eBay. Four hundreds of dollars. So we should out of luck in that department. But we got some, we, we got an idea to satisfy his Star Wars cravings. But it, yeah, he's he's really getting into it. They love they're like their dad. They love the villains, the kids. They like the Vader and the Kylo Ren and the Boba Fett and the General Grievous and the Darth Maul. At least they make them cool in movies and comics and all of that shit, because they certainly ain't cool in real life. We'll get to some of that shit, real life, bad guys. But I I really enjoy that they're getting into Star Wars. I always loved Star Wars. My oldest son and I went to see, was it The Phantom Menace? I think we saw The Phantom Menace in the theater, maybe even Clone Wars. Then remember, Revenge of Sith came out, and it was me, my brother, both my brothers, I believe, uh, the girlfriend I had at the time, my, my oldest son, and my brother Tyson, his girlfriend at the time, this Nicole, <clears throat> really did him wrong, by the way. But he, but she, her mom, really wanted to go to this fucking Star Wars movie. And she, I, I, if I remember right, they just kind of invited her along. Well, my mom had only gotten so many tickets because she got them ahead of time. Because, y- you know, this is when like this shit first came out. Revenge of the Sith. Star Wars Episode 3. We're just going to walk up right before the show and get tickets. You have to get them way ahead of time. And so my mom, I remember, ended up not going so that this other mom could go. I just thought it was ridiculous. Anyway, don't know why I got off on that. 
<clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's always, you, you know, been something big in my life. It's always something that I've loved. And part of it is my love of space and enjoyment of space and my wonderment of space, right? And what the future in space could be like. So I love it, love it. But Star Wars aside, I did have something I forgot to discuss that, that actually had happened in the past couple of weeks in recent time. And that was an old friend texted. Not just an old friend, someone I knew for a very long time. We're in two different bands together that were fairly successful for, you know, local wise. Did some recording. And uh, he was around after my dad died. Like, there's some stuff there. But there's also, he wasn't always the greatest friend, you know. I suppose as friends go. I guess I can't, I've never had a friend that, you, you know, didn't disappoint or piss me off at one point or another, but I guess I've done plenty of that. Mm. My flavored water is slushy. You can hear it. It is the way of the world, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I just, um, this particular friend, he, like I said, we're in bands together. We were in bands together. And I just remember, you know, I'd always very much considered him a friend, despite the things, some of the things that I really had not liked um, that he had either done or just general things about him, his personality, etc. And it changed a little bit when I sobered up. And the more I grew and matured, because you got to understand, the drinking came at a very early age, was a teen parent. My dad, my dad died shortly after I became a teen parent. So <clears throat> I never really got the opportunity to, to really grow up, to find myself. I kind of missed that period of time, parenting and then, and then the drinking and, and, um, so after a couple of years of sobriety, I really began to come into my own. And it just made me realize, you know, there's, there's probably certain, I already knew certain aspects of the old life were not going to be available to me, either because A, they could interfere with my sobriety, or B, it was just something of no interest anymore. And I realized it was that way with people too, like, the few times I talked to the dude on the phone uh, claims to be very religious, very Christian. And I remember early in sobriety talking to him on the phone. And do you think God would consider it suicide if you had killed yourself in a drunk driving accident? Like he provided that question in an early conversation. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this is the kind of individual I'm, I'm discussing. And it was at that moment, I really questioned if this dude and the new me could ever get along. And we had talked a couple of times after that, and it was just more of the same feeling. And then I met Tasha, who would become my wife. And I remember when I first discussed, because this is when I'm still living in Iowa. She was living in Des Moines at the time. I was living in Fort Dodge, which is not a great little town. But it's where I sobered up. It's where my treatment center was. And it's not where I was from. So, I, you know stay away from those old neighborhoods and all of that, you know, some of the sobriety mottos. Um, and I decided I was going to move to Des Moines, you know, and I was about to get my son, my oldest, obviously he was going to leave his mom's to come live with me to go to high school. 
and we decided it'd be a lot better. I decided it'd be a lot better in a place like Des Moines, you know, or a suburb of Des Moines, which is where we ended up. Urbandale was the name of it. So before I moved to Des Moines, I'm discussing Des Moines. This particular friend and another friend who was in it, one of the bands with us, they start begging me to come back to, to Waterloo, my original stomping grounds. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound good for my sobriety. And I'm trying to get my kid out of there into a better spot. Like there was no appeal in that, but they, in my eyes, I'm sure there was some part of them that would like to have their friend back, but all they could talk about was music. And it just felt like they just wanted a good drummer and they knew, you know, Hey, we did make great music together. We meshed really well. But it gets to a point where I look back and thinking upon this person's friendship with me and thinking about how much of it was based on music and, and, you know, if I hadn't had the drummer skills, like let's say at any point in time I had lost my arm, would he remain around? You know, would he have stayed as close a friend if not for the drumming skills? But I did, I, I just, I ended up getting lots of questions about the whole situation just with him, with past, etc. But what I obviously didn't go back to Waterloo, fuck that, fuck that. No, I ended up in Des Moines with my wife. A little bit later, we're about to be married. And I decide I'm going to invite this dude, not him, not just him, but the uh, other friend and some other people. Um, that uh, it was just kind of like, I'm going to invite these people. And if they show up, well, we'll see what happens. We'll just, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. This is me nowadays. Hi, how are you? Have you changed at all? If not, this might be weird. But, <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like, and for this particular individual, this particular friend, this was about seeing if there was something to salvage, despite my misgivings and my feelings of, oh yeah, the new me, <coughs> excuse me. Half <coughs> <coughs> attack on no, I wasn't even hitting the vape pen or anything. I didn't, I wasn't. If you're watching on the video and not just listening on the, I, there was none, none, no, marijuana smoking in that particular part. I just started cough attack out of nowhere. I don't know. Ah, slushy water, slushy flavored water. It's yummy. <clears throat> Seems to have helped my throat. So let's see if we can get back on track. <laughs> this tends to happen, right? Tends to happen. So yes, I had decided I'm gonna invite this dude to my wedding you know, and we'll see how it goes. He declined to come to the wedding. Okay. He said, he gave some excuses, family things, etc. And I didn't know if I necessarily bought it, but I figured it didn't matter. He's not coming, so it's just whatever. I'll cross that bridge again later on. And then there was a point in time we did talk, and he admitted why he didn't come to his my our wedding. And it is because I did not go to his wedding. Now there's a very good reason behind that. He got married when I personally was probably in the deepest throes of my alcoholism. I was unable to attend. And had I attended, I'm going to go ahead and assume probably correctly that he would have wished he had not invited me. If he had, that might have just ruined it all back then, you know. So I'm not sure what he's upset about. 
I could, I, I mean, I could understand being a little hurt by that at the time, but also having to have the recognition that, yeah, that dude doesn't need to be at my wedding. That's for sure. It's a damn shame I'm getting married when he's all sorts of fucked up in life. But yeah, he don't need to be here. It's a good thing he's not here. So I don't know. For that to be the reason not to attend my wedding, to hold on to that grudge as if I did that on purpose to hurt him. Not only in my opinion is it selfish because it's not considering what I was going through. And yes, what I was going through, the alcoholism, large parts of that, you know, it's debatable. The whole idea of is that a disease and things like that. There was a long time I believed that. And I do think there's something to having that in your genes, addiction, in your blood. But I, you know, it's definitely a debate there. It's an interesting conversation, disease. But, you know, some of it self-made, some of it already in me from birth, maybe. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to profess to know how it works. But, yeah, a lot of that's on me. But again, none. it's not like I am decided to be an alcoholic and ruin a chunk of my life just to miss your fucking wedding you know yeah you know? <laughs> like but it's okay you know i was okay with anybody that didn't want to you know part of sobering up i even though i don't go to aa meetings i've talked about that in previous pods but i did at one point in time and there's a lot i took from them but you do the 12 steps and one aspect of that is making amends, okay? And so to me, that was an important part because I knew, and you might hear some sirens going off, that's not surprising. You hear sirens from time to time in the Maha city, <laughs> but uh, making amends. So, it, you know, I, I was self-aware enough, I knew you know, part I, I what part of the thing I would talk about in treatment is uh, one of the many reasons to keep drinking was that it helped me forget about what a piece of shit I had been while drinking. I know it doesn't make any sense, but that's part of alcoholism. It's insanity. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's I I was okay if he didn't forgive me. What I wasn't okay with was him acting like we were cool, acting like he forgave me. And then when it came to my wedding, him pulling his revenge card or however the fuck he wanted to look at it, right? And then not even admitting it at first, but giving me some bullshit excuse, you know? Instead of just coming out and saying, no, I ain't coming. You didn't come to mine. Didn't even have the balls to do that, right? bullshitted me at first and then came out later and said yeah this is why but he texted me this particular individual he texted me recently just to say hi and one of my younger brothers the uh middle brother dane and he's uh dealing with uh, some similar type issues that I have dealt with. And I haven't spoken to him in a while, so I did. And I'm assuming he's the one that gave this individual my number, which I didn't appreciate that without fucking asking me. <laughs> or maybe he's had it. Maybe he, no, not my new one. Not my Colorado number. Anyway, so he text, texted me to say what's up. And I had a lot of shit going on that week. And I was trying to decide, uh, do I text him back or not? No, I don't hold a grudge. I'm just, for me, the whole thing with the wedding just kind of clarified to me that, okay, yeah, this was never going to be, you know, this isn't just, this just isn't going to work. Like me and him friends nowadays. <laughs> and I said, that ship has sailed, my friend. 
because there's no way the new me is going to get along with you. As it appeared to me, he had not changed, not a goddamn bit. Recently, when he recently texted, he uh, also revealed that he was nearly a year sober. And hey, maybe with sobriety will come some change. But uh, does that make me have any more of a desire to want to talk to him or, or renew a friendship, rekindle it? No, not really. No offense to him. It's just, uh, again, I just think we're different. I'm a different dude now. And it's kind of weird how things like that turn out. And uh, it's just that realization, like, I don't know. And maybe, again, maybe with sobriety for him will come some more change that makes him a different individual. But uh, yeah, it's just a strange thing. I did want to bring that up because uh, it's, uh, it was out of the blue and it was like, do I text? And I did message the guy back. I did message the guy back. But that's about it. <laughs> There's been no further conversation. I don't really have interest. No offense. Even if he is changing and turning, you know, to someone who is, you know, more my mindset, mentality, my ilk, whatever, however you want to put Even then, even then, I uh, don't think I care. I, I just, yeah. So I had been, I had forgot to discuss that because I had wanted to, because um, it was kind of a big thing to, 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 for me to hear from him after so long, um, especially considering the last time we talked. But uh, we move on to more things I forgot because there's a couple of things that happened after I had made uh, my notes, my show sheet for the show last week, but not before I recorded. And I meant to put the shit in the show sheet so that I could get it on the, the fucking pot. And I forgot. So I did not. And so we'll talk about it a little bit here. Abdul passed. I mean, hearing of someone dying, never fun. But I mean, it is Abdul. He is. And that's not, I'm not saying anything that. As far as politicians go, um, and as far as I can remember, he wasn't one of the worst. But he was old as fuck, people. He was old as fuck. So, yes, honor him and let's move on. Because that dude, I, I didn't even realize the fucking alive stuff. I can't tell you the last time I even thought about Bob No disrespect or nothing. But people, just in general, get to a certain fucking age. A certain fucking age. Where they don't fuck. No, no, it doesn't. It, like... You're that old. If you hit that age, any time after that is bonus years, right? So any time after that you die, it's just, okay, well, it's fucking old. She was fucking old. Yeah. Old. They were old. Of course they died. But adios, Bob Dole. And really one thing I really regret not discussing was the... Uh, you know, U.S. diplomatic boycott of the Olympics in China. And see, Biden came out and announced that before I recorded. But it's, you know, Peng Shui, the whole situation with the tennis stars kind of set, shed some light, uh, you know, kind of put the spotlight on just China in general and what they're doing. And it doesn't seem like there's enough of an uproar about it. Um, I do know that I remember reading I, or hearing, I think it was on the Levitard show, but that uh, the Women's Tennis Association, that they're saying, yeah, fuck off China and they're getting it, and, which would be a big deal because apparently they're big in China. So they lose money to do that. But there, there is something with the Peng Shui situation and then they're having the Olympics there at the same time that there's likely a genocide going on in that country. Um, 
you know, I've discussed it on previous podcasts with the Uyghurs in China. Uh, so you can go back and listen. You can, you know, obviously look up. There's plenty of good articles out there that will, you know, kind of summarize the situation, what area of China they live in, the issue with the, you know, the government trying to get more Chinese people in that area to kind of thin out the Uyghurs. And now detainment camps, they're supposedly, according to the Chinese, re-education camps. And so there's a lot of scary shit going on in China. And you already know about their internet, their restricted ass internet that the government, fuck, it's just, uh, so to give you a good idea here, here, on some of the shaker stuff, I do have just a quick little thing I'm gonna read. I know I do this sometimes. Um, and I really should remember where this was so I could cite it. Pretty sure it was, I just better look it up. But in 2018, this is when like the big stuff I believe came out about that. But 2018, a UN human rights panel reported that China had detained over 1 million Uyghurs along with other Muslim minorities in hundreds of internment camps in Xinjiang since 2017. Satellite evidence has shown that the network of camps has grown continuously since then. In the camp, survivors have reported <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Apparently, I'm not do, getting enough liquids in while I talk. And that is tasty, slushy. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Satellite evidence has shown the network of humans growing tense in the camps. Survivors have reported detainees are indoctrinated with communist political propaganda and forced to chant slogans praising Z leader. They are subject to torture, including such methods as waterboarding, as well as sexual abuse. They're forced to renounce Islam, eat pork, drink alcohol, and are surveillance around the clock to ensure they do not pray. The detainees have often not been charged with any crime and have no recourse to contest their detention. They're not allowed to contact with their families, and many detainees simply disappear. China has also pressured other nations to deport Uyghurs who have Uyghurs, 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 who have fled the country and sought refuge abroad. They often disappear immediately after returning to China. Oh, look at that. Wouldn't you know? All sorts of fucking disappearing, right? <sighs> like, does anybody else? Get concerned about this shit? Because it's not just China that's kind of scary. No, 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 no. We'll get into that in just a second. But first, we take a quick break. Because I've just, yeah, I bring the jury off. We need to give my boy your ears a break from my voice for just a second. And then we'll get back into it. So a pause and then we return. Hope you enjoyed that little break. I know I did. Got to empty the bladder. That always feels good. I talked way longer in the opening than I meant to. And towards the end, I uh, you know felt a little pressure. You know, you feel that pressure. You're like, oh, okay. I'm gonna hit the bathroom here for too long. Right, right. And I powered down an energy drink not too long before the podcast. So I won't be surprised if I'll have to pee again towards the end of this. Yeah. Anyway, for the news, entertainment, sports section, it's going to be a lot of news just discussing, you know, kind of continuing with the topic that I discussed towards the end with, the, you know, scary country, China, another one. Scary country, 
run by shithead dictator. Russia, you're up to tricks, more tricks, amassing troops near Ukraine. The fear is they're going to invade Ukraine. And that's what Russia says. You, you're just afraid of Russia. Russo fear or something like that. It's always afraid of Russia. Russia's going to do something. Well, yeah. There's reason. <laughs> In the G7, they threaten severe consequences should they invade Ukraine. But not really. I mean, it, it's kind of an LOL situation because they'll impose sanctions or whatever. But is, is it going to do any good? Is it going to do anything at all? No. Highly unlikely. And it, it just, you know, I'm a history guy, as I've talked about before. I love... I loved history classes at hell at one point in time I wanted to teach history. I love history documentaries, particularly the world wars I find highly interesting because of all the, just how it all comes together. The different countries that get involved for the various reasons. I don't know. It feels World War III-ish at times. You know, it could be an end of the world that shit ever happens. And that's a scary fucking thought. So apologies, we're going down the scary path. Not for long. Not for too long. <laughs> but it is, you, you got fucking China over there and Russia. And they don't seem to really give a fuck what anybody thinks about what they do. I mean, just look at what Putin's done. And, and, and who, anybody who doesn't have some sort of fear about what Trump could have done when he was in the White House or what he could do if he gets back in. Just look at Putin, because they're buddies. We've talked about this plenty of times. He's going to learn from Putin, like, ugh, ugh. So, yeah. We've got a couple of scary countries that, uh, you know, could really cause some problems for the rest of the world. Meanwhile, meanwhile, tornadoes ripped through five states as of recent. Kentucky was hit the worst. Overall, the death toll from these tornadoes is 16 counting. It's rising. Uh, the Kentucky governor, I believe, um, he said he believes that when all is said and done, Kentucky's death toll alone will be over 100. So sounds like still a lot of cleanup um, to go. Many of the body's children. That just kills me, breaks my heart. I don't know. You, you know, I used to really fancy the idea of a storm chaser, right? See the movie Twister. They kind of glorified it in a way. But there was, I can't remember the name of the show. There was a show that used to be on the Weather Channel. It was a couple of storm chasers. And they were fun to watch. And that was like real storm chasing. <clears throat> but it would, I would wonder if there's even a purpose to that. With the way the climate is changing, I mean, because how can you even try and predict something like what happened with the, all these tornadoes in the vast area across states? that they had, you know, they wreaked their havoc. I, it just, it's insane to me. And again, I've always found tornadoes to be fascinating. The idea, love the idea of storm chasing. When I was younger, it's the first place I remember living in with my parents, obviously, who else would I be living? But it was a townhome and we were out one cloudy day, my dad was outside pointing up. I remember looking and my mom came out and he, he was like, I think that's a funnel cloud. I was pretty young. What's a funnel cloud, dad? So it was scary looking. <laughs> I, I remember not exactly 
what it looked like. But just that there was some fear instilled in my childhood brain, you know? And so, always since then, have had fascination with tornadoes. Oh, and, and with that, we had saw in the news that it was, uh, I don't know, quite a few miles away, but a tornado did touch down somewhere and my dad was trying to figure out if I remember right, like if it could have been the funnel cloud we saw. And I don't remember if they ever did figure it out or not. But again, tornadoes, fascinating. But with the climate changing, like it, 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 predicting weather, anything like that, it, and don't get me wrong, climate, weather, two different things. But with climate change, it's going to bring certain weather phenomenon that maybe, maybe, <laughs> that maybe are not quite as easy to predict, you know? It's, uh, it's fucking crazy. Everything's crazy right now. And then I came across this tidbit of news talking about how just one space flight emits more carbon dioxide than uh, just about everybody on Earth's lifetime that they will admit, you know? That's crazy. And now we got billionaires just fucking going up into space for shits and giggles. We, I just, how can we not be the problem? I, I don't get how people argue this shit or don't see it. Well, you know, a chunk of those do see it. They just, money. <laughs> Others are blind. I, I don't know. It's crazy to me. We got into climate change a lot recently. But it's shit like this. It's just like, yeah, it makes fucking sense. It makes complete fucking sense. I don't know how people don't see this shit and realize what the hell is going on. Blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. But that's all we got for that section. I'm not going to take another break because the first segment went a little bit long. <laughs> and I knew this section was going to be a little bit shorter because I'll be honest, they, they, just not a shit ton happened this week. It felt like overall a fairly uneventful week. Um, although there was one thing that, that we do need to add on, and that is former Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas. He died. Uh, he passed this, was it yesterday, the day before? Um, Friday or Saturday, but it's, it's sad. I remember him very well. Um, he was 33. It's not like an old player. Um, <clears throat> but from what I gather, he was in some sort of accident, was dealing with some health issues since then, including seizures. And it sounds like he, he potentially had a seizure in the shower while taking a shower. Um, and I can't tell you, I, I can tell you just from my own experience with seizures, it's scary shit. See, I'm sorry, I'm still on the scary path. Everything is scary right now. I know I'm a chicken shit, everything's scary, sorry. But it is, these things are fucking scary. Now, mine, mine were related to alcohol withdrawal. They're, they were alcohol withdrawal related seizures, which is a real thing. And you only get them if you're a really bad, really bad alcoholic, which, Unfortunately, I happen to be, but fortunately, it made me stronger, didn't kill me. So that, that's, you know, some positives to take from the alcoholism, but I digress. It didn't kill me. That's the most important thing. And I didn't kill anybody else, even more important, actually. So, but regardless of how I, did, I am familiar with the seizures and uh, again, scary, I actually I had one <clears throat> when I was driving because I'm not booze. I knew, fucking knew I needed to get some quick before I had a seizure. I only lived a few minutes from the high V from the grocery store, so I drove my ass to the high V. 
and I got nearly there before I had a seizure. <laughs> Luckily, no major damage, no, nobody got hurt. I did end up in the hospital, but uh, more because of the seizure. So it turned out okay, but it's 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 scary shit. I did another one. I almost bit my fucking tongue in half. It, they're scary, man. So, um, I I can relate to whatever it, as far as the seizure aspect. I can relate to what he was going through, and that you know that shit is scary and hard to deal with, and and uh, especially if he was having you know potentially any trouble you know, figuring out what the cause of it was, you know, so <clears throat> it's just, uh, by all accounts, an awesome dude, and it's unfortunate, unfortunate that we lost him, and, uh, yeah, people are, uh, pouring out love for him today, so, and the Broncos did a really cool thing where they, uh, first play of the game, they took a delay of game, and um, which gives the team a penalty if you're not familiar with football, and makes them go back five yards. Um, is it five yards? But uh, and they're supposed to have eleven players on the field on offense and defense, and they only put ten players out there. So they put ten players out there, and then took the delay a game to kind of honor Demarius Thomas. And that was very fucking cool. Very fucking cool. So dude's going to be missed. Um, not that I knew him personally, but I know people love the shit out of him. I enjoyed watching him play football and he always seemed like one of the less dramatic dudes and, you know, just uh, showed up, played ball, did his work and went home, you know, that lunch pail mentality. So I'm just miss, gonna miss Demarius Thomas. Good dude. Unfortunate. <sighs> See, a bit different than Bob Dole, you know. Bob Dole, okay, it sucks. He's gone, but he's he's also old. Like it, it was gonna happen. And uh, and to Demarius Thomas, where it's like, <sighs> you know, too young, too young. But I digress. We're, we're going to get off the sad train, the scary train, you know, try and bring this pot up a little bit. I talked a little bit earlier, but I didn't talk about it, but I mentioned um, my wedding when I was discussing the friend that I had invited. And um, so for story time, I'm going to do my wedding because I'm going to be honest, Matt Caps, I've got, I've got some new ideas coming, some things I want to switch up and some things I want to do to really relaunch the new season of the, you know, the pod, uh, obviously in January. And, um, so I'm not sure if I'll be keeping the story time segment or not. Um, so we'll have to see, but I wanted to make sure I got this in before, uh, you know, January in case I do decide to stop the story time stuff. So, <clears throat> As I've talked about before, been audiobooking uh, Game of Thrones, and I love this shit. As a matter of fact, I uh, just got done listening to or hearing about, I don't know how you free, uh, <laughs> but the, both the Red Wedding and the Purple Wedding, and very close to the fight between the Mountain and the Red Wedding. So, very exciting. But... I love the medieval times, right? I love going to the Renaissance Festival every fucking year. It's, um, you know, I feel like I just, like, my past life. I, I mentioned before on previous pods, I got this little patch of hair on my on my front, my chest. But I also have it on my back as, it's, as though something, it's like marking where I was lanced through, probably not lanced, where some arrow, I took an arrow there, or a sword, perhaps. <laughs> but I love the medieval shit. So, when I first met my wife, when we first started talking, Game of Thrones was in 
season two, I believe, or three. It was just starting season two or three. And uh, I had just get, gotten into it. So I just watched season one. And, uh, you know, I'm telling her, you got to check out season one. So, of course, she does. And she likes it. Obviously, not as nuts about it as the chat. But she enjoys it. And moreover, probably enjoyed, you know, just being able to watch something with me. Because that's how she is. <clears throat> Good luck. And that's why I decided to marry her. And uh, so eventually, again, it, we hit a point where we decided to get married. And um, discussing the wedding, we don't want it to be normal. We're not normal. We don't want to do that. And, you know, she considers herself Christian, the agnostic. Uh, so, but she, she was nah, not in a church. We're good. So we wanted to do something different. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, she had always dreamed of having a Batman wedding. I had always dreamed of having a medieval wedding. We compromised. We had a medieval wedding, but uh, we had a lot of Batman-themed stuff there as well. Um, and our house, because of course we had to have a house, House MK, and House MK had a bat for its animal. Eyes in the Night, or something like that, was the slogan. Because you know, on Game of Thrones, all the houses have the slogan. <laughs> and I made banners and everything. And we still have them. They're badass. Um, <clears throat> and I went so detailed for this wedding. My wife got a special wedding dress off of Etsy. And then her bridesmaids just wore kind of plain black. And I made tops and all these different like cuffs and different parts um, for myself, for my outfit. And then I bought a cape and a sword and um, some things. But <laughs> I made a lot of shit uh, for the outfits for the men in the wedding party. <clears throat> and then my brother was a monk. He was the one that married us. He, he became an ordained uh, minister online so that he could marry us. And um, the crowns, I made some crowns out of that foamy material you can get in the craft section at Walmart. And I crafted the crowns out of that, glued them all together, modge podge them so that they kind of had, you know, not as smooth of the texture to it so that it was, you know, had some, you know, some nicks and bumps and stuff to it. Spray paint and gold. But they are basically like the band of a crown and then like the Batman symbol. So it's very cool. I have to put some pictures up. But uh, we had an awesome non-alcoholic drink lap. Non-alcoholic, non-alcohol drink Because <laughs> obviously the wife and I don't drink. She's also in recovery as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, our DJ, my buddy Mitch, who uh, I was in a band with, he was cool shit. He was our DJ. He, he was, um, that was one of his side gigs and, uh, he came as a knight and, uh, it was really simple. We had the drink lab, uh, no alcohol, burgers and chicks. We did it outside at a park. Um, so we just had a couple of people, my brother, one of them, uh, just grilling burgers and chicken and just we made it very simple. Didn't spend a ton of money and, um, it was a blast. And there was, a, there was really only one issue and that was her dad and her stepmom, but her dad originally, um, we could tell it was going to be, things were going to be difficult for him because he didn't want to, uh, when we talked to him about paying for the wedding, because normally father of the bride, and he's got some money. Uh, normally they do that, right? But he wanted to control over what we did. He told us he didn't, we shouldn't do it at park, that we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do that. We did it, well, exactly how we wanted to fucking do it. Half of the shit he said no to. Um, but we didn't get any support from him financially for the wedding. 
and basically because we were doing things he didn't think we should do. And that just kind of sums up right there. Um, you know, even I mentioned the Dan Levitard show, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. They do this, uh, um, thank God for football show every Friday to, you know, preview football for the, the weekend. And um, <clears throat> one of the people is going to a, uh, a wedding here in a few months, his daughter's wedding, and they're talking about it. And he says, oh, no, I have no final say. They have final say, even though I'm paying for it. And that's how it should be. Um, I mean, I understand if you don't want to give money, if they're doing something wild and fucking crazy, but like if they've got an actual wedding planned out, I mean, don't like, it just blew my mind. And then he does show up to the wedding, him and his stepmom, because see, there were some issues before that, because there was a problem between my wife and the stepmom's daughters, who were originally going to be bridesmaids before their bullshit, right? You can't have their bullshit around, especially on the wedding day. So no, no, no. So they didn't even come. But their mom did, along with my wife's dad. And they uh, basically sat there looking pissed off the whole time. Like, it was just ridiculous. We had my wife's uncle had to go run them down and find them just to get some pictures. But, like, it was just there. But this is kind of how her family works, you know? It's just kind of, oh, you did something I don't agree with. I'm going to not talk to you and not treat you right and say bad things about you because you didn't do, like, it's just the dumbest shit. Many of them in that family are selfish, egotistical, Lack self-awareness, to be honest. Someone in her family has actually said to her, you guys just moved out there to Colorado so you could smoke weed. Forgetting, forgetting that I'm from Colorado. That's a virgin it's so fucking stupid. It's it's like on the shit, man. I and one hands. I just I don't I don't know. I do not understand how some people fucking get like that. I just don't. I just don't. Ah, so immature. And okay, I'm done. <laughs> but you know, despite that little bit of a nuisance. Uh, it didn't take away from the greatness of the day. And, you know, all the people that I did invite that didn't come, that's, there was no skin off my back either. Um, there's been a lot of things that have changed me, um, or that did change me through the first, you know, portion of sobriety. And uh, it made a huge difference, you know, in who I've become. And, you know, for many years, it was never easy to look at myself in the mirror. And then I hit sobriety and it got easier and easier. And that wedding was just another like stepping stone to look at myself in the mirror and go like, look at how far you've come and look what you found in this amazing woman, you know? And we've gone on to have two kids. Well, the seven-year-old, he was one at the time. He was a, so we did have the, the baby. He was not even one. So we did have, we had the baby. And then obviously the teenager, my oldest was at the time. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, another day to look at and go, oh, I'm fucking doing all right now. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. Keep it up. Keep rolling. So yes, my wedding day. Hope that didn't bore you too much. And to finish it off, we're going to do the Mad Six. And this is going to be pertaining to another thing I discussed earlier in the pod. Star Wars. That's right. So I'm going to do 
my man, six Star Wars movies. Okay. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Ooh, my favorite villain. So I'm just going to tell you right now. I, I don't know if I can do it in order. Maybe I can do it in order. Hold on. Give me a sec. Because I have my movies written down. But I think I can do my villains too. Because like I said, I love the villains. I love the villains. All right. Let's see. Number five. Hold on. In my head, let me think. Okay, 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 okay. Five. Emperor Palpatine. Now, see, if we were to do some of the Star Wars Expanded Universe shit, there are so many fucking awesome, cool, amazing Sith Lords that we could talk about, but we'll stick to the movies. <clears throat> so five, Palpatine. Number four, Darth Maul. Very short appearance. I mean, Palpatine, you got to throw in there because he's the, like, you know, the mastermind of the majority. Of, so you, you got to throw Palpatine in there. But he's just not, I'm not huge on, but I do appreciate all that he learned and took from his master, Darth Plagueis, and that he was able to destroy Darth Plagueis and put this ruse in the Jedi and take over everything. Now I'm starting to talk like it. But so Palpatine, he's good there, number five. But number four, like I said, Darth Maul. Very short time in the Star Wars universe. But the, you know, the Clone Wars uh, uh cartoons, he's he's brought back and he's around more. But Darth Maul, is it the Clone Wars? Yeah. Darth Maul always dug him, but uh he's always gonna get knocked because of the fucking prequels, right? It's a shame. I don't have a problem with the prequel. There's some parts in that, granted, the little kid that plays Anakin in Phantom Menace, I, I think they could have done better there. <laughs> and there's some aspects of uh, Attack of the Clones that I, I'm not huge on. But overall, I don't think they're that bad. And Revenge of the Sith, well, we'll get to that in a second. Because I'm talking movies. I'm going to talk movies in a second. I don't but, <clears throat> so you got Palpatine, you got Darth Maul, and then we're just going to go three, two, one, bam, right? And then I'll talk a little bit about why. Three, two, one, bam. General Grievous, Kylo Ren, Darth Vader. The Darth Vader has to be. It would be crazy. Now, see, Kylo Ren. I fucking love Kylo Ren, and he's very, very close. Number two, he's right there, like a one A, one B situation. Okay, I love him, but you got to give the edge to Vader. He's just amazing, iconic, and, uh, you know, the motivation for one Kylo Ren. But three, I did, I think, I love General Grievous, and I think he's highly underrated. Wielding four lightsabers, being in, in, in this little alien, in this, like, robotic body. His cycle, his cycle bot thing. Oh, man, I fucking love General Grievous. Fucking Love it. That's right. But I digress. We go back to the Mad Six Star Wars movies. And we begin with number six. Usually here, it's kind of like, a, you know, like an honorable mention type thing. Or maybe it's a tie. In this case, we're doing a tie. New Hope and Force Awakens. Because I love both movies. But they're both also very similar to each other, right? But they both do the same thing. They kick off their particular trilogies, their set of films, in very good ways. You know, the first Star Wars, New Hope, great movie. Great fucking movie. It's what got everybody excited. And then Force Awakens, you know, after the disappointment of the prequels, we're going to bring you. We're going to bring you back in. And this time it's going to be better, we promise. And it was. And Force Awakens is really good. Although very similar in many ways to New Hope, as far as the flow, the storyline, things like that. But love those two. Number five, The Last Jedi. This may disappoint some people or surprise some people, but I fucking loved this. I don't understand how other people did. And then it fucked, it got everything all fucked up for the final Star Wars because too many people complained about it. And then they brought back Abrams to do the, th I think that's how it went to do the third one. <clears throat> and I even like the third one. The Rise of Skywalker. A lot of people don't like that one. I even like that one. 
but it's very, you know, predictable and very much, again, kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's, while I enjoy it, I feel like it could have been better. Kind of like when you think of the first couple of movies of the prequels, you know, episodes one and two. But number four, Empire Strikes Back. I don't think you even need to discuss why. But number three, Rogue One. Yes, this one is very high on my list. People would say, you put that above Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because there's two movies at the top of my Star Wars list that will forever probably remain at the top of my Star Wars list. But I remember seeing Rogue One and thinking, no, this is how a fucking Star Wars movie should be made. My brother said the exact same thing. you got to check out Rogue One. Maybe that's where I heard it from, was him. I just repeated what he said. <laughs> but it's amazing, everything about it. And <clears throat> how it just plays into the story of Star Wars. And the original trilogy. You know, it's just uh, it's a beautiful thing, Rogue One. And then number two, Revenge of the Sith. Because I don't give a fuck what anybody says, prequel or not. This is one of the best goddamn Star Wars movies. I don't care. Anakin going all dark and shit and getting to see the transformation to Darth Vader is fucking awesome. To see Obi-Wan take him out on Mustafar and get all in the lava and get into just everything about it. It's great, great, great. I love it. Of course, General Grievous is in Revenge of the Sith. So, yes, this is, I've, and it's often. Again, it's it's like Kylo Ren and Darth Vader. This is like a 1A, 1B situation. And I could flip them, whichever one is 1A, at, at any time. Because I love both these movies. But I, I did because it's an original. And it's really the movie that got me into Star Wars. Because while I did enjoy A New Hope. And I did, you know, as a younger boy, I'm talking. You know, I liked the first Star Wars. It's cool. And then I liked Empire Strikes Back. You know, I did. But then Return of the Jedi came along, and there's the beginning with Jabba the Hutt, and then there's the end with the Ewoks, and fuck yes, give me all of it. It's great. That was the one that just sold me on, yes, I love Star Wars. It was that movie. As a child. And I've always carried that with me. That just I love that. To me, it builds up. <clears throat> you got a new hope. Introduces characters. Lays the groundwork. Begins the story. It's great. Then you got Empire Strikes Back. You know. Get some snow battle. Tauntaun guts. Yoda. You mean fucking Yoda. Luke finds out a secret. <laughs> you know, it's a good shit. But then Return of the Jedi. Even fucking better. I just, <clears throat> yeah. It's hard to beat that one. But Revenge of the Sith is close. I love that one. I really do. I really, really do. I really, really do. Why I? Whatever do you mean? <sighs> Sorry. That's still got to be one of the best movies to quote from. Doc Holliday and Tombstone. Mm-hmm. hmm And I've got two guns, one for each of y'all. And I have no idea why I'm sitting here quoting Tombstone after talking about Star Wars for the past ten minutes, but there you have it. There you have it. That's all I got for you, folks. That's what I got. I hope... You've enjoyed the pod. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. We are nearing the Christmas. Yes. And so, you know, we'll get that Christmas pod in and that year end pod in. And then we might take a little bit of a break, like a week off before we get into our new year, new season. Right. You feel me, Madcaps? All right. All right. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You got me. You got me, you got me. So let's get out. Let's get out.